0: As we began our descent towards Central City, murmurs filled the cabin. Matt and I looked around to find the source of the commotion, only to see it outside of the plane. A man was running on the air towards us from a plane that was keeping pace with ours. As he reached our wing, he held a gun out and told us that this was a robbery, courtesy of the trickster. Hi, my name is John. And
1: I'm back.
0: Yes, we we both are. Uh, we are the DC detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC. Cro- co- yeah, I fucked it up for once. It wasn't
1: me. It is. It I was. think this is. This might literally be the first time that it that was is. That is actually the first fuck up for wow. me. Wow. Yeah.
0: And we are the DC detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to
1: every reversible finish. I'm
0: keeping that one in in the in the full thing because oh, it needs to happen. It yeah. needs. There needs to be documented finish evidence. The drink. Yeah. Really. Seriously. Just down it. Down all of it. It's like if. I don't know, what, Jinder Mahal won the championship?
1: Yeah. Oh, oh I'm so... Sad. sad. <sighs> so glad that didn't happen.
0: Look at that. We're back once and within the first 60 seconds, <laughs> there's a wrestling joke. <laughs> one uh, out for Roman. Here we... Oh, I love you, Roman. Thank yeah. you, Roman. Yeah. At any rate, it has been some time since we have graced your ears with um, our ridiculous voices, uh, mainly because we just had a bunch of life events happen, stuff got I out moved. of control. Matt moved. Um, so... There was a lot happening, and we had actually read and taken notes for this episode, like I want to say three weeks ago.
1: My notes are dated nine twenty nine
0: yeah September was when we had this um scheduled, and now we're getting to it in you know the the waning days of october
1: i, I think today is the twenty third today's the twenty today the
0: twenty third yes, so you know, God, it's almost time for me to pay rent again, look waiting for great stuff is really what what counts uh and And the good news is this is this is great i'm so happy we're coming back on this note because there's just a whole lot of fun happening here and uh i think it's best to get right to it joanne's back she is all tanned from her vacation her weird you know sabbatical that she didn't know she was gonna take and now she's back (laughs) and she's just like well thanks for for paying uh for that time yeah we gave her we gave her we we give her pay time off yeah. Joanna has PTO.
1: I feel like the unexpected vacation is like a Miss Marple mystery.
0: Yeah. This was like three years worth of PTO, though. <laughs> so she's had a, she, she has a lot. She has a lot going on. She's been working for us for a while. Um, maybe near the end of our first year of recording, because now we're coming up on the end of the third.
1: Yeah. Really? Yeah. February. Yeah. February, wow.
0: February is the start of the fourth year for us. So we're coming up close on to three years of doing this. Which wow. is super fucking weird uh, to think about. We have
1: a podcast with like 60-something episodes. Yeah, this
0: is episode 66. My God. I don't know what we'll do when we get to 100. And I, we're also talking about doing more podcasts, which for yeah. sure we have time for, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've been doing this for quite a long time. And for those of you who are listening, whoever you are, first of all, we love you. Um, we're so happy that you have followed along with us this was never intended to be a quick project ever ever like we knew this was gonna be till one of us got fed up with the other or like i was killed in a strange <laughs> mysterious incident because we both know that it, i'm the one that gets killed in any sort of circumstance because i lead the weirder life um you lead the more entertaining and adventurous life but i lead the one that's more fraught with like strangeness
1: i i is that the case? I'm
0: more likely to build the Winchester mystery house than you. Let's put it that way.
1: I'll agree with that. Like, let's let's I'm be honest. I'm more likely to accidentally walk into it and yeah. then fall down some stairs. I am I am
0: the person that does that versus like like I'm gonna be the one that has a really strange will at the end of the at the end of it all that everyone's gonna yes. be like, why are there puzzles to this? <laughs> and and are you're you Are just- you going
1: to build an escape room? Oh, no. And I'm- then build a whole bunch of escape rooms around the escape sure, rooms. Sure. And someone just wakes up, and it's like, oh, you God, have a no. gauntlet of four escape rooms to
0: get through to get to the bathroom. John just made that one issue of the flash a reality just to piss us off with his will with the three boxes that just the smaller oh, and God, smaller boxes. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just make that a reality. <laughs> just, like, and at the end of it is like a penny. And and I just like not even like
1: a giant Batman penny, no, a regular it's just like penny. a
0: regular penny that just with a sticky note on it that says like Wow, you really gave a shit, and <laughs> and you're more likely to have like a really heartfelt will ceremony with like tons of people to show up, and meanwhile everyone's like Thank God we didn't go to the puzzle one, you know, because <laughs> that would have been just disappointing. <laughs> everyone's got a choice between yours and mine, and I've got like weird fans that have stalked me throughout my my career, and you've got like tons of loved ones and i
1: I like the idea that it's like the end of big fish yeah. except it wasn't like everybody is super (laughs) chill with everything it's just like where did they come from yeah how did they know him
0: yeah that's what that's your funeral and mine looks like a bunch of degenerates from a wild west painting (laughs) it's like just show up and it's like a closed casket funeral in like a church in like new hampshire and everyone's like who are these old people that clearly didn't know him
1: Sean, I'm going to make a request. Yes. If you're going to have Old West vagrants, you have to have it be closed casket. It's not your casket. Yeah. You get an Old West gunfighter to t- to sit in the casket and in the middle of the, of the wake, he just busts out and starts a shootout.
0: Oh, my family's going to hate me. <laughs> well... Oh. Won't matter. You'll be dead. That's true. There will be no repercussions at that point, um,
1: unless you want to try for a life insurance scam. I mean, look,
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past senile old age, John. Whatever happens to him. Because Lord knows there's a, lot of, there's a lot of race to run between now and dementia for me. So <laughs> let's, let's make it a wild ride, everybody. Because I need to have a weird time with the rest of my afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we return to the Flash. Uh, we have not seen him in a while. And I swear to God, we are going to catch up to where we were in Justice League. And when we do Justice League, we're going to do a recap episode like before that good <laughs> like we're if not recap episode half that episode is going to be recap or we just like go through who who's who where they are at this point in time in their career and then we start the the issues and we maybe whatever bottom line being don't worry we'll do a roundup it will happen i know those are are nice and people like those and we'll do it i promise but until then we are back with the flash number 112 april may 1960 And this one actually has another familiar face for those of you who have watched the television show or, I don't know, perchance seen the Batman the Brave and the Bold television show. Um, The Flash is investigating the elongated man, Ralph Dibney, who Flash suspects is behind some fantastic crimes um, while also being a contender for the running of like Central City Man of the Year. It's a very petty, weird situation going on, but... Really, the bottom line is that this is the first appearance of The Elongated Man in DC Comics. The Elongated Man, his name is Ralph Dibney. As a young boy, he was fascinated by, quote-unquote, circus rubber men, which are just like Mm. contortionists. They were contortionists. It's very weird. Um, And he wanted to be one. He spent a good portion of his life interviewing and asking questions of other contortionists and none of them could give him the secret of their ways until he realized that they were all drinking the same soda which is gingold ralph stumbled upon the soda himself upon drinking it he was uh, and distilling it down to its most basic element which is the the juice of some sort of fruit um that's fancy and exotic he then gained stretching powers hooray that is The Elongated Man. That's the entirety of The Elongated Man. We will actually cover The Elongated Man. We have some books of him. Yes. And those are going to be fun. But he doesn't really get his own stuff for a while. And honestly, these are the first appearances. And if we were to cover him, we would just go over this again. So The Elongated Man shows up in The Flash. The two of them team up to catch the actual criminals after they figure out their differences. And everyone's fine. And now The Elongated Man is part of the supporting cast for The Flash in Flash Comics. Uh, The second story in Flash number 112, uh, Kid Flash, Wally West, discovers a gang uh, or kind of a group of people using subpar building materials. Remember that Golden Age gag that we thought we were done with? That's Uh, true.
1: We haven't seen that in a
0: while. Oh, it's been some time that we've seen seen people using subpar building materials to build a building on the cheap and that is potentially dangerous. Speaking of the building that they're building, it is a school where Wally and his classmates will be going when the summer vacation ends. However, the attractive and nice... Teacher, that those attributes keep getting brought up every time they talk about her. Um, is engaged to or to be married to the guy who's working on the school contract, but he has just been like ousted by these. Ruffians who are trying to do this scam. Kid Flash helps him figure out how to do it, and the kids pitch in to help him build the new school, which I'm sure of violates some labor laws.
1: Oh, there's a number of laws getting broken there. I'm yeah, sure. I'm
0: sure OSHA's just losing their minds <laughs> over that. Uh, but regardless, uh, all's well that ends well in that sort of situation with Kid Flash. I Everything
1: do, is child labor.
0: Right. And to be honest, I do really like the, the Kid Flash stories that we're going to yeah. cover. They're all they're all decent in in a lot of regard, and I I. Hope that is a sign of things to come for Teen Titans.
1: God, um, we're coming up on that. I we are indeed, about that.
0: We're coming up on Teen Titans, wow. the Doom Patrol, yeah. Metamorpho, a lot of stuff. We're, we're getting, oh boy, is it going to be exciting. <laughs> um, the Flash, you thought we jumped around before. Boy, howdy. Just you wait till <laughs> we stop just going in any sort of coherency. Yeah. Um, The Flash, number 113, June, July, 1960. The first appearance of the Trickster, who is another member of the famous rogues gallery for The Flash. Uh, He's a circus man named James Jesse, who is just Jesse James, the famous Wild West criminal. Um, And he invents some air compression boots that let him walk on air. And he uses these boots to just commit crimes in the air. Flash has to stop him. This is... not really sure why he's called The Trickster, because... Later in the comics, he does begin to have some, like, toy-esque gadgets that he fights with. Uh, For example, like, deadly yo-yos, you know, marbles that he throws that explode, things like that. He is a gimmick villain at this point. However, he is just the trickster, and his trick is that he's got fancy shoes. Whatever. Um... Not not the best debut for a Flash Rogues Gallery villain. I believe Pied Piper and him were both pretty lackluster in their in yeah. their debuts uh, because Mirror Master and Captain Cold have been pretty solid in their appearances and were kind of neat. Um, and we're going to see another one show up that I think honestly has probably the best debut in for Flash. The second story, aliens from a different world but have the names of Greek gods um, feel like Earth is actually a long-lost colony, so they send the Poseidon analog to come and conquer our planet, and Flash just beats him. And when he goes back, he's like, Zeus guy, should we send more people back? And he's like, no. They're clearly fine, it's cool, don't worry about it It was a big waste of colossal time
1: Yeah, I I have a a note that I want to cover later on Because it's an interestingly in-depth one But one thing I want to call out They specifically refer to there being 3 billion people on Earth Yes And that threw me for a loop Yeah And it took me a while to realize that it was, in fact, because at that point in time, there were only 3 billion people them's, on Earth. Them's 1960 Whew. population statistics. 60 years and 3 billion people. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, Four. We're still at 7 billion, right? I believe we are still at yeah. 7 billion. Okay, so 4 billion more people. Oy, oy.
0: Um, Moving on to The Flash, number 114, August 1960. Captain Cold falls in love with Iris and does the old love me, pretty lady. And of course, she's like, nah, thanks, criminal. And so he freezes Central City in sort of this dome of cold until she agrees to, to love him. And of course, it doesn't work as Flash beats him up. Um, second story, Kid Flash chases down a runaway who joins, his, uh, who joins his family member's gang, which is a gang pretending to be beatniks. Yep. That's very weird. Yep. Um, basically, Kid Flash... Bamboozles a bunch of guys pretending to be beatniks so that his friend returns home. It's not the best, but certainly could be worse. uh The Flash number one fifteen, September nineteen sixty. Grodd's back, and he switches brains a la Ultra Humanite um, with a random person, and uses a this random individual's body and. You know, reputation to just begin to start doing things, so that now he's out of Gorilla City Jail, and he makes Flash uh gain one thousand pounds, which is apparently, I guess, just water weight. Because Flash then loses it by sweating, and then beats up Grodd in his new body, which then turns into a gorilla body, so he's back to being a gorilla, Uh, not like Ultra Humanite who. Switched bodies and didn't turn from a woman back into a man.
1: It actually impresses me how how much that stuck.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, hey, man. Ultra human. I knew what she was doing. Uh, Second story there is Flash and the elongated man take on an invasion force in the jungle where the elongated man is looking for the gingo tree, which is the source of his powers. He's on kind of an expedition in his outfit, which seems like a bad idea in the jungle when you're in a full body suit specifically a rainforest, and, uh, stumbles across the Gingold tree, and finds some more fruits, and he's like, cool, this is great, and then, like, finds a bunch of invading aliens, and then calls Flash, and Flash and him take care of it, hooray, another elongated man story, um, moving on to The Flash, number 116, November 1960, A man in another dimension steals a model of Central City that allows him to see one hour ahead into the future and begins to commit crimes. Flash stops him and then closes the portal from that dimension to this dimension. This dimension being the Flash's dimension. Uh, Second story is Kid Flash saves his dad who gets attacked during a rally race that they're a part of and helps his dad win. Um, He doesn't really cheat. I feel like he helps his dad make up for the lost time and then they continue to drive on and navigate as normal. I didn't get the impression that Wally helped his dad cheat. Agreed. It was so much that like his dad was attacked and knocked out. He puts the criminals away and then like puts them back on the road pretty much where they would have been. Yeah. like had they Had they not lost time.
1: It seems like somehow they made up all of the time by just being really, really good at it. Right. Which um, was a little surprising.
0: Yeah, and and a rally race, for those who don't know, is a uh, race wherein there, are, there is a driver and a navigator, and they are in the same car, and Wally was his dad's navigator, and he showed up, his dad's friends from the plant, and they were like, good job, you two, and it was kind of a nice little wholesome story that was short and sweet to the point.
1: The bit that surprised me was, like, there was repeated emphasis on... Doing particular legs of the rally in a very exacting way, like yeah. they time, that like was not really just like your your speed at any given time. It's like I, I I always think of a rally as being like okay, you go as fast as you can, it's like or it's just an endurance know. thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's like checkpoints, but they were like turned left at this time for this speed, and good for them, they made it on the correct time. It's like it, it was, I I was very word e. <laughs> Yeah, it makes me wonder if John Broom and uh, Kaniger actually have ever been to a rally before. but yeah. Or if we don't know what old school rally racing was like, yeah. either or. Um, the Flash, number 117, December 1960. The first appearance of Captain Boomerang. This is the guy who I think mm. has arguably the second best or if not the best appearance in Flash. Um, uh, Digger Harkness uh, is hired by a toy company for marketing boomerangs because the guy thinks boomerangs are going to be the next craze and of course since he's a criminal who also knows how to use boomerangs he's like this is the perfect racket by crikey that's a terrible accent i'm sorry um uh you can't kick a bear oh wow that's, what? that's an inside what? joke for you for whoever listens you know who you are when you hear that joke i um, don't know who i am no don't worry about it, it's fine bottom line he's australian he throws boomerangs and he's a bad guy and uh he straps flash to a giant boomerang and i'm like that is as silver age as you can get buddy <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it is incredible and i'm so happy there. i'm so happy about it there's a picture up on our instagram about it please check it out it is a beautiful beautiful piece of uh, comics history and gosh gosh almighty good for you captain <laughs> boomerang um the second story is a weird sort of Three Stooges story with these three yeah, madcap yeah. inventors who are just dumb men who invent a machine that kind of does what they need it to do at the time they think it's supposed to. Ha- it's it's just the Flash meets the Three Stooges. Yeah, it, it was really like I really would have preferred another Kid Flash story.
1: Uh, this is,
0: this was funny. Yes. But honestly, super tonally inconsistent. I'll
1: 100% agree. And that agree was with my that. problem with it. It did not it. fit. It was all the whimsy of a Superman story. Oh, no,
0: it was a Johnny Thunder story, 100%. Oh. Hmm. You know? Like, that's like, that's Johnny Thunder levels of like, come on, Lightning Bolt, let's make a machine that tells the future, you know? And then, like, the f- machine does nothing. Like, even Superman stories weren't that weird. Like, he's never, like, the only time he's ever encountered something that grossly, totally inconsistent was, like, Mr. Mixiel, uh, Mixie S. Spitalik. And, or the guy he had to make laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, he doesn't, you're right, he you're doesn't right. really, yeah, it just, Ah, oh, it was so weird. Um, I,
1: I do want to call out one joke that they made that I loved uh, buy dirt cheap. But where do we get cheap dirt? <laughs> I know. That, like,. It was 100% totally incons- inconsistent, but was I loved such a, it.
0: Yeah, all the jokes were literal and dad jokes and it, it was just such <laughs> That's such a That's exactly the word for it. It yeah. was just literal dad jokes, the whole story and I was like, wow, we are doing this, I guess. Um, the Flash number 118, February 1961, Happy New Year, and this is the last issue that we're going to cover. An actor playing the Flash tries to kill Flash during the filming of a movie about the Flash to steal his identity for crime. Which actually, honestly, had some of the best scene work, I think, by Infantino. Like, when he's stopping the waves from crashing in on that boat. Mm -hmm. And, like, Flash would occasionally do some of the stunts for the movie because it was possible for him to do it and they didn't have to spend money on special effects. But then they had some random guy playing him as the Flash and that guy ended up being a criminal and trying to steal his identity. Uh, The second story and the final story we're covering, Kid Flash saves a co-initiate to a fraternity that he's joining as a small child um yeah during... it's
1: like a, a weird high school fraternity yeah or like ha- a boarding school fraternity i'm gonna
0: say academic society because mm. yeah yeah um but it's during the initiation night where they have to spend time in a spooky wookie haunted house that ends up being the house that a couple criminals are hiding out in and you know shenanigans ensue um all's well that ends well and um Look, I've got to really have a conversation with all of you right now about the name of the fraternity or academic society. I
1: forget it. What is it?
0: So, do you remember, uh, dear readers, cast your mind back to, oh, Lord, whatever our Golden Age Wonder Woman episodes were numbered. Oh, that, uh, that sounds
1: like, I think that's like eight or nine.
0: Yeah, something like that. Cast... Cast your memory back, or just go back on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever (laughs) else we're on. Um, Guess what? We're on Podbean, too. Um, Podbean and Stitcher, and Spotify. Wait. Uh, We're on Spotify. Uh, I do. I do for Jay and Miles and Critical Role. Yep, I use Podbean. Yeah, we're on there. Sweet. Um, But yes, cast your mind back to Wonder Woman. Remember the uh, sorority of Beta Lambda? Yep. Uh, Instead of Beta Lambda? So, this academic society again i will refer, refer will refer to it as an academic society because wally west is too young to be joining a fraternity of any age he is not a college age kid he is at best 13 to 15 the academic society is eat a pie e t a space p i eat a pie society <laughs> <laughs> that is some golden age. My dad's name is Hard Candy and my brother's name is Mint Candy. That was Bullshit. so
1: good. That was all so good. Oh, God. <sighs> if
0: only Marsden could only make jokes like that and that weird kink weirdness. Um, I do. I, I have found a subset of fans who just gloriously enjoy Uh, golden age Marsden, wonder woman and you know to each their own because they they love they love how wacky and silly it is and you know what yeah it really honestly is oh um (laughs) and it's just you know Marsden was a bad ally but um that aside these are these are just such fun delightful stories i mean really what it comes down to and i think the reason why these are so much better and i'm going to double check my notes here pretty much everything that we just covered if I'm not mistaken, with the exception of one or two stories, was John Broom, who is writing Green Lantern, and that's why they're so good. Um, they're not the best, but they are certainly of the highest caliber of Silver Age that we've seen amongst the Hawkman stories, amongst Green Lantern, um, and JLA. These are definitely some of the best we've written. Uh, we've we've read. Um, I like Flash in these. I like Kid Flash. I think they're both just stand-up individual characters like you know they're not like oh my god he's a great guy or whatever but it's like they're solid adventure stories with superpowers um i've constantly was like how are they gonna get out of this you know like kind of a (laughs) situation so these are definitely worth checking out if you can um the silver age flash volumes are coming out again um with the new art and stuff like that so you you really should check these out if you have the dc universe app they might be on there. Mm. Um, this Silver Age Flash is honestly worth your time to check yes. out. You really, really should be checking this out. Again, strapping Flash to a giant boomerang, which he, he <laughs> threw up into the stratosphere to then land in the ocean to kill Flash, was the most Silver Age villain plot
1: of I, all time. I literally wrote a note that was just, commit to the bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. He is. He is 100% his gimmick, and I love it. I love Captain <laughs> Boomerang um you know i
1: am the boomerang yes
0: this is my this is my shtick i am dressed like a navy captain with a scarf and my entire outfit just had little tiny boomerang pictures on it how do you not get what i am this is what i am about do you not understand that um captain cold like freezing the town um i mean uh, trickster was a bit of a letdown but like weather wizard was really great. Mm-hmm. Grodd doing these weird mad scientist sort of stories. Pine Piper was okay. Um, mirror Master's great. I like the Mirror Master stories where he has like you know the mirror reflection, you know, light duplicates or like the giant monsters that are made out of light. You know, it's it's fun. There's some good stuff. There's some good Silver Age bad guy goings on, and I'm I'm glad we came back to this because these are these are worth it, and not a whole lot of like new stuff for the Flash. I mean, the the ring gimmick is still there where the, the, the costume comes out of the ring. Um, we have the frequent uh, establishing of, you know, Kid Flash and Blue Valley just doing stuff on his own so we can get that, you know, Kid Flash is a good sidekick on his own. Oddly enough never appearing alongside Flash. If you look at how Supergirl shows up in Superman comics, obviously Robin is showing up in Batman, Mm -hmm. Um, Thomas Kalmaku in Green Lantern, Um, Wonder Woman has Steve Trevor frequently just by her side, Manor doesn't have anybody, Green Arrow has Speedy, Um, I mean, what is it, Alana in um, Adam Strange. That sounds right. Flash... Uh, even Shaiira in yep. Hawkman. Um mm-hmm. Kid Flash is not around in Flash's stories. And I think that's the yep. that's the most standout bit that we can see here. Um even though well, that he has he has almost, if not the same as equal screen
1: time as him. There are two different directions to go with that. The first is that there's another thing that stands out, which is that uh Ralph Digny, Dib- Dib- Dibney did Dibney. Yeah. Okay, cool. I did get you the are correct. consonants right in that. Uh, Ralph Dibney is sort of filling a similar role of quasi-sidekick, but A, not appearing all the time, uh, and B, not quite being a sidekick. He's almost a little more Alfred, kind of, that's not even the, eh. it's
0: It's much more, um, it's much more World's Finest. Mm-hmm. Whenever he shows up it's much more of a situation like World's Finest for Superman and Batman teamed up and Robin happened to be there except there's no Robin in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um that to me kind of feels like what it is. It's not a sidekick situation, it's not Doi Yeah, You know, um it's not Eddie Candy. It's much more he's a he's a uh, he's a peer mm-hmm. to the Flash. Yeah. He has his own superpowers. So he can handle himself. The two of them have to put their heads together to figure the situation out. Uh, he's He's a peer who doesn't get the
1: same amount of screen time.
0: Yeah, because he'll get his own series in a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say in two years he will get his own book. and uh, Not book, but he will have his own running stories Mm -hmm. in Detective Comics. And will appear there for quite some time. So just an interesting note that Kid Flash is the only sidekick so far of the Teen Titans who gets his own uh,
1: outside of his mentor stories. So the other thing that I was going to bring up that I think actually uh, shines shed some light on that. It, these are much closer to the uh, person as a young kid stories because we were getting the uh, Wonder Girl stories, and these are one hundred percent in that vein. Yeah. If, if Flash's backstory allowed for a young version of him, I think that's what we'd be seeing right now.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think these would, these could serve doubly as. Young Barry Allen stories, much like you know, in Action Comics, we would be seeing young Clark Kent stories, and yep. like you were saying with Wonder Woman, Wonder Girl stories, which is going to be a be a whole uh, can of worms in and of itself <laughs> once we get to Teen
1: Titans. Oh um, God, that's right, because the name Wonder Girl still gets used, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. no, one, it's a, it says a lot that I've never been entirely clear on who you and you and the rest is. of the world.
0: <laughs> no one understands Donna Troy. Her continuity is just a black hole of. Yeah. We made a mistake.
1: It also says a lot that my brain instinctively went to Diana Troy, and uh, from Star Trek. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there's, and, and then I had that instant of doubt of did I just say the same character's name or did I actually get the TNG character right? there? Okay, good. So
0: we're gonna. There's there's a lot going on, and and but it's just really interesting to me because this also sets up Wally as the independent adult hero, mm-hmm. the more grown up of the group. While Robin might be more capable because he's with Batman and learning to be essentially an effective superhero from a mentor, Wally is becoming much more solo independent, which might to me indicate that he's growing up more. He may not be as skilled as Robin is with his abilities, but he's certainly much more capable of thinking how to solve these crimes by himself instead of just following Batman or Flash. Same thing with Aqualad, because Aqualad's part of the Teen Titans as well, and he's just glued to the hip of Aquaman. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to see their dynamic once we get to Teen Titans. But for now, again... Go out, if you can, find yourself some Silver Age Flash. It is worth the read. It is probably this and Hawkman and Green Lantern are the epitome of Silver Age comics, I think. Because Hawkman gets the sci-fi weird. Green Lantern and Flash get the serialization of action-adventure in the 60s uh, of the science fiction The Strange. The super powerful, the Saturday morning cartoon feel that you associate with the Silver Age.
1: Uh, and I'll just dogpile on the idea that it was great to come back to these. Oh yeah! Like I talked, I think it in, in at least the previous episode, and maybe the past couple before that as well, about how s- reading all of these at once, especially how we'll often like read the night before. Uh, in this case, several weeks before, but often like the night before, a couple days before, just okay, just sit down, grind them all out at once. And you have some intense visceral reactions sometimes, and it was very nice that the visceral reaction was, oh, this is fun, instead of, it's been a rough go the past couple episodes, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, it has been refreshing to get something that's solid content-wise. I mean, you yep. had to, you, you think about how much Superman we read. Oh, God, yeah. Something like 600 pages? That was a and lot. this was
1: like that was
0: a lot two hundred and it was all solid you it know breeze you know it pillar to post fun yeah pillar to post it was just oh thank God this is good yep. you know like I can't wait to get back to Justice League so that we can mm-hmm. read some like solid things and then we can move forward to the to the weirder stuff like Doom Patrol um, we're gonna have a hitch because we have to hit Martian Manhunter again no however
1: oh wow the cat's reacted yeah. to that one however. <laughs>
0: He does end.
1: Oh. Oh, yeah. I have
0: the second volume where his story ends and he no longer becomes part of the Justice League anymore. So, there will be an ending point for a character for once. Huh. And that will be one of our first reversible finishes. So, uh, we're going to look at Martian Manhunter and then Wonder Woman. And then we're going to come back to JLA. And that will be exciting and fun and we are we are excited to get back to that, but I'm sure you have a plethora of notes that you wish yeah, to talk about. I was gonna about.
1: say, like that that sounded like a good conclusion, bit, and I'm like, no, no, no. oh, are, are we are we gonna wrap this up? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I just
0: I was that's was for the end of um some, summary, and yep. we shall move on to of course your,
1: your notes. All right, what do we got? Uh <laughs> reminder, it's been a while since I looked at some of these notes. I did a flip through earlier, but uh, yeah, let's let's go through this. All right, Uh, this was an interesting thought that occurred to me, and that's the other thing, like having this much time removed since I wrote stuff down, sometimes I don't remember where it came from, (laughs) but uh, a thought that I had was that a lot of people think that the essence of Superman is being good, but I, I actually think it's trust. I think that he's someone that like the essence of Superman is that he's someone who the average person trusts unconditionally and he trusts the innocent unconditionally. And I think that's a trait that he shares with Barry Allen and Wonder Woman when she's written in her archetypal characterization. Yeah. Whereas like Batman, like Batman is almost always, eh, that's a lie. Uh, Batman is sometimes written as just, he is always good. He's always doing the right thing. He is a pillar of good, like cartoon versions of him are this. Right. But trust? No. no, <laughs> yeah, That is not a
0: fundamental concept or characteristic of Batman. The lack of trust is. Yep. But him
1: trusting you is always uncomfortable. So that's interesting because I, I, I actually think it's the other way around. I I think it's it's important for other characters to distrust him. I think that it's, and the majority of the time, I think that he does mistrust other people, and that's the way it should be. But I think you get some really good character moments of, of course I trust you.
0: Oh yeah, no, no. but and yeah, that, that's the thing. thing. Yeah. That's what I mean. Is like when when he says that to a character, it's oh, always disarming. Oh, it's the uh, yeah, okay. it's like, like yeah, all it's right. always like a touching moment when, when he's like, of course, Green, Lan- Green Lantern, I trust you, and he's just like,
1: what.
0: But yeah. Then,
1: but anyway. Getting an A from the teacher you did not expect it from. Yeah. Did I just have a life moment? Yeah. <laughs> uh elongated man stories are just kind of fun. Uh, and there are some good visual gags. Uh, one of the ones I have written down is at the end of the first one, uh, they're at opposite sides of the room because I think they like co-win uh, Man of the Year or whatever. And they need to shake hands, and they're on opposite sides that of the room. And Disney stretches out. Yeah, he stretches across the room to shake hands with uh, with the Flash. I have this written down. Uh, where did they get the idea for child SS street gangs? Because Kid Flash is like twice now had uh, gangs of ruffians and child delinquents, <laughs> near, and they look devils. like they've got like the the highbrow uh, like German military cap. They just look like they're SS. It's yeah, it's really weird.
0: it's really a weird decision to have child gangs, like not like teenage gangs, not like adult gangs, but like ten speed gangs. Very specifically, that too. like it was just like what? <laughs> like who? Who and why
1: had this experience in their life? Uh, we had another instance of the cover or splash page happening in a memory or a dream sequence. There was the game of chicken being played on bikes. Yes. And I think that was part of a flashback. And it's just pet peeve. I'm going to need to keep this one in mind because I'm sure it's going to keep happening. The trickster. This is an interesting one uh, because the trickster's boots that let him hover and he looks like he's walking on air and the ex- the explanation is like it's little like basically jetpack kind of things and he just has to stand like super carefully and practice it so that he can walk in that way instead of just being like ah this
0: isn't working the way i want it to go right. off
1: fly off and wear directions boom crash pow um and i have written down this science is bullshit what the fuck is this that makes no Oh, he says it took him a long time for him to master using them. Now I accept the explanation. And it's fascinating to me that all that it took was me or the character saying this was really hard for me to master and it took a number of years for me to be like, oh, okay, okay I, I buy it. I, buy it. <laughs> I, I it don't was, even have like a good thought about it's it. It's
0: interesting, just, too, because... The bit that I had trouble with was he runs from one airplane in flight to another airplane. In <laughs> that's flight. right. That and that's how he's introduced. He he robs an airplane because he's like I'm going to be the Jesse James of the sky because I'm James Jesse and I'm a tightrope walker and I've also invented these air boots, um, and I'm like that's not how physics work. His boots have to be propelling him at the exact same speed so that he could walk at a straight line from plane to plane. It's because he'd uh, he'd start losing momentum if he the second he got out of the thing that was carrying him that fast. So those boots are also like physics defying. Yeah, they're like the they're like <laughs> and the, he's not
1: getting buffeted around. Yeah, either.
0: they're they're the boots from Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. the The light ones that allow him to like walk on water or like air mm-hmm. for like a brief amount of time. It's really, it was just, that was the thing that got me. Like, I was 100% on board with super science boots from a circus guy, <laughs> but for, like, physics-defying
1: footwear, I was like, no thanks on that. Honestly, like, the thing that I just, I just keep coming back to is that I'm very happy that they went with his name being, like, backwards by being <laughs> reversed, instead of it, like, doing the yeah. a la carte thing of sedge Samaj. Thank God, yeah. Thank God they just didn't make it, like, an anagram. That would be that entertaining. Have, that would have been bad. This is one of my entertaining little random things. There's a... I don't even remember which story, but there's a point where uh, Barry Allen... Uh, oh, that's right. This is the one where the scientist comes back or uh, from a previous issue. Ah, uh, uh, yes. And that character's name is Dr. Wiley Summers. And I'm just like, what if Dr. Wiley were a Summers brother? No... Oh no. <laughs> Poor Mr. Sinister.
0: What did you do to that one?
1: Ooh, okay. This is a fun one. Um Okay. So there's the there's the story of the Olympians. O L I M P I A N S. Yeah, I think it's brother, yes, right? <laughs> you're correct. Yeah. Uh and one of the bits there is that the Olympians are like sent a colony to earth. Uh and humans are actually the the descendants of that colony. It's one of those classic uh everybody forgot that where they came from scenarios. Uh and I'm sure it got it, it got retconned out within minutes of it being published, I'm sure. But the key thing there is it it brings the colony metaphor to the forefront metaphor isn't even the right word uh specifically the out the parallels to the american uh experience of being a colony to mm. the forefront uh okay, okay and like the the last four panels uh you know what i'm gonna read this i'm just gonna read each of the bits because it's it's uncomfortable it's beyond uncomfortable It is something that I'm comfortable saying is fucked up. So Zeus is talking about how, uh, or at this stage, uh, Neptune is saying, or Neptune slash Poseidon is saying, hey, I can go back there and I'll give it another try to reconquer them. Uh, And the Zeus figure says... Uh, no, don't do that. Uh, here's, I've been reading their history and here's the history, basically here's the history of America. They were a colony and they rebelled and by rebelling, they secured the, they proved that they were, uh, I don't remember if it was that they proved they were worthy of being independent or it was just, they became independent. Uh, and they, that had to be recognized, uh, quote, that's just what earth has done now. With the aid of that amazing Flash, they've won their independence from us. They're no longer our colonists. Sigh, I guess you're right. While back on Earth, as it and Olympus part in space and time, never to meet again, uh, this is after uh, Barry Allen had been stood up by uh, Iris, uh, or not even stood up. It was just, hey, I can't meet with you tonight. I'm hanging out with the scientist. Uh, Iris, listen to me. Are you coming out with me tonight? No, Barry, I've got to help Dr. Summers work on his new theory. He, but before the pretty news reporter can finish her reply, he's got this, like, not quite smug, but like, just kind of a shitty grin, expression, not even a grin, just a shitty, like, moving on expression. All right, I gave you a chance to come of your own free will now, and he's uh, grabbing her hand, but Barry, I never knew you to be so assertive. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk specifically about that. and I really... Yeah, it's like, and it's doubly bad. Uh, like, we talked in one of the recent episodes, it may even have been the last one, uh, was Bizarro the last episode? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we talked a, a lot in Bizarro about whether it was reasonable to apply the perspective of colonialism to that story. Uh, and we wound up deciding it was because Superman showed up and said, uh, no, you guys are doing it wrong. Uh, this time I didn't have any question. Like as soon as I read it, I, I wanted to apply that perspective here, uh, specifically because Zeus is drawing an explicit comparison between flash fending off Poseidon. Good Lord. That was spelled P O hyphen S I D O N. Yep. I forgot about that. Uh, and America's independence and decolonization that the writer is making that super, uh, textual. Uh, In the final scene, Barry Allen goes to Iris, who's out with a male friend. He physically grabs her and takes her on a date, and she swoons over his masterful action. The hero, whose independence has just been affirmed by overthrowing a controlling force, becomes a controlling force. Extrapolating back back to the comparison of Flash and America, it infers that the process of decolonization and exerting control are tied together— Decolonized nations should be lionized for their use of power in colonizing other nations. Uh, Not only that, but that definitely felt like a um, Hal and Carol moment. Yeah, Uh, that that definitely too. Which
0: is interesting because Broom was writing
1: Hal and Carol at the same time. That felt out of character for Barry. Yep, and especially this was the thing that just felt like one straw too many. This was... Those those three panels, like there, there's one panel where, after that where they're out on, at a date, and it's uh, just oh, they're 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 happy together on their date uh, because he's been assertive and made the date happen. It's right in where the moral of the story goes. It's right. the end of the story is, and the moral of the story is that you should be assertive and take what you want. It just
0: even though we just showed you. That kind of weird mentality isn't okay, and you should fight against it.
1: Uh, even then, like I, I, I think it's less that I think the way that they say it is that that decoloniz is that uh, that power is a zero sum game. Right. That you are uh, as someone who is not having power inflicted o- upon you, you are someone who inflicts power upon others, and that those others are better for it. It's it's the way that imperial japan viewed its resistance to european colonization was or at least one strain of thought within imperial japan that wound up winning out was okay the way that we resist uh being colonized is to colonize korea taiwan large chunks of china uh right. the philippines etc cetera, etc cetera. and Pre- that's preemptive sucked. preemptive colonization uh Eh, not even preemptive, just, okay, the only way that we avoid being taken over is to take over and right. play the game like everybody else does. Weird. And it's right where the moral of the story goes. It, it, it sucks. Is, it's, def- it's
0: definitely incongruous with the rest of the work um, that we see in this in this stretch here. Um, not incongruous for the thoughts and actions of the time, but definitely considering what we've seen from John Broom up until this point. We have not seen him do something like that.
1: I will agree. yeah, um, yeah as, as as of yet, yeah. anywhere else. Yeah, I don't know that I'll agree that it's out and out in Congress, but I will agree that there is nothing else like this. right.
0: I'm just saying for mm-hmm. this writer. yeah, um, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. it is uncommon for this to have been an idea at the time period. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've seen this writer do this specifically. Yeah, it could be how he thinks, and this is just the first time he's, you know, put it to paper. But it's just really weird because Barry has never acted like this, so so it is the first tip-off for us. We're just like, this is weird. Uh, Barry's
1: behavior specifically of like manhandling
0: uh, Iris is
1: 100% in Congress. And that was why
0: it was like, it stood out so much because it was such a departure from the character through the rest of these stories.
1: Yep. Uh, On a lighter note, uh, going through these stories... They were a lot less formulaic than the Superman stories that we read, for instance. like You oh, yeah. heard us talk when we were reading for- Superman, like, okay, this is the formula. I can see. They're doing one, two, three. All right, cool. And then resolution. Uh, a moment that was especially telling was, Cap- there's a the fight between uh, Flash and Captain Cold, and I think this is when they have the big dome. Captain Cold says he has one last trick, and then Flash punches him out before he can use it. Right, it's like robs the punch. It yeah, it, it's it's he, and it didn't feel like unearned because Flash had just gotten through a, a challenge and it was okay. Yeah, you 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 overcame adversity. Like you had to work for that one, uh, and yeah, I. I, I was fine with it not being like the, oh, this is how it goes. I'm about to spell it out, and then it happens. It's, I'm going to spell it out, and fuck, ow, yeah. shit. It
0: could have it could have gone poorly had he had time to talk about it, um, but the joke is almost better there.
1: Although it's Captain Cold, so I would have yeah, liked it's... to see what the last trick was. Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, he's
0: the best of the rogues, but yeah.
1: Another great... Okay, this is a visual gag that I wish had happened. Uh, so there's this, there's a bit where... Dibney is going to be fired out of a cannon as a stunt. And I just want to say it would have been so much better if the stunt involved him keeping his feet anchored in the cannon so it's just like his torso getting <laughs> shot out and stretched.
0: Oh, uh, I, I actually honestly was waiting for the exact same thing.
1: I'm glad we were all the same wavelength.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I was like, he's just going to stay in there, isn't he?
1: I need to take a look at what other comics do this. Uh, but Flash comics are italicized. And some other comics aren't. And mm. I don't know why.
0: I'm sure it has to do with the ash can. Oh,
1: huh. I haven't thought of that side of it. Huh. Uh, this is another casualty of I don't remember my chain of thinking that led me to this. I think it might be that there's a little bit of uh, uh, Flash running on water. And there being a little scientific explanation of just like skipping a rock. Uh, Flashback. Yeah. Uh, Mythbusters did a uh, test of this and holy shit, you really can skip a Lamborghini.
0: <laughs> There's video.
1: It's cool. That's awesome. I mean, It's like really slow, like sloughing skips, but they do it. And there was like a commercial back in like the 80s of that. And it's like, oh, that that really happened. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> uh, buy cheap dirt. But where do we get cheap dirt? Oh, That's God. So good. I love that. Um oh uh interesting bit about the location of Central City so there's a bit where uh Iris is meeting up with uh flash specifically with flash in uh California in la I think in Hollywood specifically yeah uh and there's a bit about oh and I'm He said, Barry said that he'd call me at this specific time. Well, I'm sure he'll do it. Yeah, but he's always like, don't worry, I'm pretty sure he'll do it. And he has to run to get back so that he can get on the phone uh, because God forbid you try to like fake it out by calling from a different number. Uh, But what's interesting is in there, there's a specific like amount of miles given from Hollywood to Central City, about 1500 miles. And... Going by that, Central City, like, it sounds like Central City gets a semi-canonical, I think St. Louis is where it sort of winds up. Midwest. Midwest. Uh, Bottom line. Gotcha. Uh, So, going by, like, the 1,500-mile count, Central City is somewhere around, like, Dallas, Kansas City, or Lincoln, Nebraska. I believe
0: Kansas is closer to where it's normally put. I believe it. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Oh! Another bit that sort of... uh, Showing the differences between this and Superman comics, uh, there's a bit where... F- Kid Flash? I think it's Kid Flash. Uh, plays all the music uh, uh, instruments in uh, an orchestra at once. And there's specifically uh, someone in the uh, spectator saying, it's not the best music I ever heard, but it's not the worst either. If it were Superman, they would have said it was the best music. Sure. Because he ha- it has to be the best at everything. But here, like... There's a flash story that it's it's acknowledging that you know like it, you don't need to be the the character doesn't need to be the very very best. well yeah
0: the feat is more impressive than the music that's more what yep. that's that's the impression there is that Kid Flash doing that is far more impressive than him actually playing any sort of you know believable understandable piece of music. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh and I have one un- um actually to end this with. Uh issue number one eighteen uh has a uh tagline on the cover of a new elongated man story. There is no elongated man story in this. <laughs> and I had to double check it, but there the elongated man does not show up in that story Lies at all. Slander. Lies and slander. Uh do we have recommendations? Uh yeah, actually. Uh, so uh, my girlfriend and I are watching uh, Persona 5 playthrough right now Mm. and I don't know if I'm going to end up recommending the game but the visuals are gorgeous
0: yeah I hear mixed things about Persona 5 as far as like your mileage may vary on like the style of gameplay and whether or not that's something Mm -hmm. you enjoy is very much what I get the impression of Um, but yeah um, I know that the
1: art is awesome the art and especially the menus. Like you just hear people talking about like the, that was most of what I heard with Persona five. Like after the initial hubbub was like the UI is just gorgeous. The menus, but just the transitions between menus look so good. That's cool. It hides the loading screen super well. Everything is like a motion transition, like go, paging between, I think like, menu open and menu closed it does like the main character like it they're all sort of thief heisty characters like doing like a like a leap down and then a leap away it's Mm. like
0: yes thank you that's cool it's very pretty um so if you have the opportunity to and you have the ability to due to backwards compatibility or having an older system Mm. I would recommend the Stuntman ignition game. I just think it's just a lot of mindless fun driving with some funny jokes interspersed in there that are just really good ribs at like the entertainment industry. But also it's very rare that you get a driving game that is based off of precision driving as opposed to just being the better driver or the, you know, in the faster car or souping up your car. Um, Basically, the game is a precision-driving simulator wherein you have to complete goals as set out by the director to make perfect stunts, which is really interesting. And I can see why people would be like, eh, there's not much more you can do with this once you've done the game. And it's kind of true. However, I feel like they could have expanded it towards other vehicles. Planes, helicopters, etc., Um, because while it can get frustrating at times learning how to string everything together in the way that you need to, to get like a five star, when you do it, it is is incredibly satisfying. Um, and the best part is seeing all of your strung together stunts used in trailers that the game then generates based off of your five star or whatever, your best star replay, which I think is really cool. Um, it was free on Xbox Uh, Games with Gold uh, for a month, I'm not sure which month, but it is very good, and I would suggest checking it out um, if you have the ability to. It's an Xbox 360 game, and I believe it was a PS3 game, Hmm. so if you have those systems and someone somewhere is selling it for cheap, it's a game you should pick up just because it's a genre that doesn't really exist anymore, and that was a thing that happened, and it's cool to kind of see, you know, bits of gaming history.
1: I think that'll about do it for us for tonight.
0: Yes, I think it will, and we are going to prep uh, next week so that we can record again, so that we can start building up a backlog. Mortal
1: should, Kombat. Yeah, right.
0: Should uh, should we screw up and have a problem like this again for you know, you know, acts of whatever randomness? So Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman. And then a recap JLA episode. I think we're, we're almost there, kids. Thanks for sticking with us. We, we're trying so hard. <laughs> we're, we're, it's a lot to read. We're really trying, and we hope you're enjoying it because we're having fun. Um,
1: but until then, we will see you all next time. DC Detectives can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes.
0: To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and dcdetectivespodcast.com.
1: From Ralph Dibney to Captain Boomerang, going back to Central City had been a joy. The stories were fun without having Superman's brand of saccharine whimsy, and the art remained top-notch. But now, now it was time to dive back into the dreck. We took a deep breath and booked tickets to visit the Martian Manhunter.